This podcast is sponsored, in part, by Fiverr. Fiverr is an online marketplace for freelance services. Click the affiliate link in the show notes, and if you purchase anything from Fiverr, you're not just supporting freelance small business owners. You're also helping to support the spreading of the gospel all around the world through Christian Fellowship Ministries, to stop human trafficking through Operation Underground Railroad, and getting Bibles and supplies to the persecuted church through Voice of the Martyrs. Fiverr, it starts here. By the Fire Podcast presents The Heart Speaks. Written and performed by Dave Smale. Chapter 26 The Sermon On Sunday, a tired Tyrone and Keisha sat in metal folding chairs in the second row of the morning church service. Of the eighty seats in the building, only about ten were empty. Across the aisle from them sat Sister Joy. It still baffled him that someone as old as Joy could be as vibrant as she was. She clapped to the music, shuffled to the rhythm, lifted her arms in worship and sang louder than anyone else, and had a beautiful voice. He thought she put most of the younger members to shame, including himself. Hezekiah Turner stepped to the pulpit, which he sometimes called the Sacred Desk. Turner was the humblest person Tyrone had ever come across, with the possible exception of his wife Nelda. But when he was behind the pulpit, Turner conveyed an authority in his preaching which Tyrone could only compare to Billy Graham. His voice was meek, sounding like he was constantly on the verge of laryngitis, yet when he needed to, Turner could become animated and boom as loud as a jet. Turn with me in your Bibles, the pastor said, to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 15, verses 17 through 19. The rustling of pages met his ears, though most people had Bible applications installed on their smartphones or tablets. He was one of them. Keisha was too. Pastor Turner, while he didn't mind electronic Bibles, preferred a physical copy. His was well-worn with highlights on most pages and held together with scotch tape. Turner once told Tyrone he'd owned that same Bible for over 20 years. Turner placed the old book atop the pulpit and flipped to the page containing the passage of text he'd mentioned. He adjusted his glasses and looked up at the congregation. A few days ago, my wife and I were driving down the highway, flipping through the radio stations. Normally, I listen to talk radio but she prefers music stations. Of course, I don't have any stations preset in my radio, so I had to scan for them. After our ears were assaulted by the latest hip-hop, country, and I don't even know what kind of music that's called, sounded like some tone-deaf kid with a guitar whining outside a coffee shop. These comments drew several laughs, cheers, and a few jeers from the congregation. We landed on the oldie station. Now, when I say oldies, you might think of songs from the 50s or 60s, like I did. Nope. 
they were playing a song I recognized from the 80s called Listen to Your Heart by the band Roxette. I said, man, I feel old. The 80s is now considered oldies? More people laughed. I've forgotten all about that song. I wasn't much of a Roxette fan back in the day, but hearing it again now, some of the lyrics caught my attention. I won't sing it for you. I'd sound worse than that whiny kid outside the coffee shop, but you might recognize this. They say, listen to your heart when he's calling for you. Listen to your heart. There's nothing else you can do. I don't know where you're going and I don't know why, but listen to your heart before you tell him goodbye. Now, the reason this captured my mind is the term heart is something we use a lot. In my heart, I know, or I listened to what my heart was telling me. We treat this thing we call the heart as if it knows best. It overrides logic and reason. You may recall many years ago, the famous actor Woody Allen was caught up in a scandal involving his adoptive daughter. When he was questioned about it, he said, the heart wants what the heart wants, as if it was a perfect explanation. Like a judge was going to say, oh, you didn't say your heart wanted it, Mr. Allen. That changes everything. You're free to go. We can justify any behavior and any bad decision we want to make by simply saying that our hearts are telling us to. Think those references are cherry picked? I did a little research and found over 100 movies with the word heart in the title and thousands of songs besides the one I mentioned. Our culture has exalted this thing we call the heart to the point of idolatry. Well, the Bible has a lot to say about the heart, and no surprise, it's a lot different than what the world and pop culture say about it. Let's go to our text in Matthew 15. Turner picked up his Bible, found the passage, and read, This is the Lord Jesus speaking to his disciples. Verse 17. Do you not understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, and blasphemies. The title of this sermon is, Tell Your Heart to Shut Up! Several more laughs. Even Turner chuckled a little. As Turner had told Tyrone and Keisha two days earlier, he indeed preached all about the subject of the heart. He mentioned that people should make decisions with their heads using their brains, their intellect, instead of their hearts, which he likened to their emotions. Turner went on to cite several scriptural passages showing the human heart is responsible for much atrocity in the world. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? But that was true well before Jeremiah's time. How about we go back to the beginning of time? The book of Genesis chapter 6 verse 5. Then the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Now, did you catch what the Bible said right there? Every intent of the thoughts 
of the heart. Sounds like what Jesus said in our main text. Out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts. Folks, the Bible says that our hearts can think. Turner paused, allowing the statement to sink in. After a few moments and an equal number of O's and ahs, he continued. I know some of you are saying to yourselves, Come on, pastor. My heart is just a muscle in my chest. It pumps blood. It can't think. Oh yeah, not so fast. Merriam-Webster's Dictionary defines the heart in six ways. Referring to his notes, Turner held up his index finger. First, a hollow muscular organ of vertebrate animals that, by its rhythmic contraction, acts as a force pump maintaining the circulation of the blood. Second, Turner said, now holding up two fingers, a playing card marked with a stylized figure of a red heart. I'm sure no one here has ever heard of such a thing. Sporadic laughter followed. Third, Turner continued, personality or disposition. Example, a cold heart. Number four, and pay close attention to this one, the emotional or moral nature as distinguished from the intellectual nature. Remember that. Five, one's innermost character, feelings, or inclinations. Like when God calls King David a man after his own heart. Last, the central or innermost part, the heart of the city or the heart of the matter. Now those are just dictionary definitions. What about a real world example? In his book, The Heart's Code, Tapping the Wisdom and Power of Our Heart Energy, Dr. Paul Pearsall tells the story of an eight-year-old girl who received a heart transplant from a murdered 10-year-old girl. Not long after the transplant, the girl began having recurrent dreams of a murder. A psychiatrist interviewed the girl and concluded that she was remembering a real incident, though she'd obviously never been murdered herself. They decided to contact the police. The girl was able to provide detailed clues, including the time, the place, the weapon, and the clothes worn by the murderer, and what the murdered girl had said to him. It led to the eventual conviction of the murderer. Turner looked up from his notes as many from the congregation were saying, Wow, and oh my gosh. Folks, Turner continued, there's a reason that the medical community calls the pump in the middle of your chest a heart. All the other organs have names like lungs, kidneys, liver, stomach, gallbladder. They could have just called the heart the blood pump. Somehow they understood that this was more than just an organ, that God had endued it with power. It's also a moral compass a personality. If it has got the ability to replay memories, then it has the ability to think. And if it can think, then it can make decisions. And if it can make decisions, it can choose to deceive you. Turner further explained that since the heart serves as a moral compass, the fact that mankind's hearts have been corrupted by sin means our morals are skewed. Hence the biblical statements about the thoughts of the heart being evil. 
This is why people can justify things like abortion or pedophilia, Turner said. If you've ever read or listened to interviews with serial murderers, they often say they are doing something good for the world. If you were able to set their hearts aside and interview their intellect only, they'd tell you they were wrong. But their morals are upside down. Let me also tell you that this phenomenon is not exclusive to the heart. Psychiatrist Dr. Peter Levine and Dr. Bezel van der Kolk, author of The Body Keeps the Score, have found in their research that trauma stores itself in the body in the very tissue of our organs. Also, a joint exploratory study by the University of Geneva and Virginia Commonwealth University found that blood transfusions to a lesser degree had an effect. Here's some of what that study said. Through interviews with seven patients, who were recently transfused, we showed that blood had strong symbolic values for all patients. Six out of seven patients acknowledged the possibility that transfusions might induce changes in behavior or values. Three patients acknowledged that their transfusions might have changed their own behavior or values. One subject believed that the transfusions had changed his sleep. Nowadays I dream a lot, he said. Another subject indicated that the transfusions changed his mood. It put me in a good mood. Before that, I felt weak. It's made me more energetic. A third subject reflected that his taste buds had changed. So it seems to me that verifies what the Bible says in Leviticus chapter 17 verse 11. The life is in the blood. Even after it goes out of its host, it continues to manifest in some way. It reminded me of another Bible story. Cain and Abel. Cain, of course, murdered Abel. You might recall that afterward, God said to Cain that Abel's blood was crying out to him from the ground. Turner finished the sermon with the emphatic declaration that Jesus Christ, through the shedding of his own blood and what medical professionals agreed was the explosion of his own heart, was able to change even the hardest of hearts and to mend the brokenhearted. He asked that the audience bow their heads and close their eyes, as he did at the conclusion of every service. If you're here this morning, it's no accident, Turner said. There is no word in the Bible for coincidence. God is in control of everything. Tyrone had heard Turner use that verbiage many times before, yet for some reason, Today it resonated with him profoundly. After that, he heard nothing else that Turner had said. When they left the service, Tyrone's head was swimming. His expression a mix of confusion, grief, wonder, and ponderance. The sermon had struck a chord in him in a way he couldn't explain. Hey, Keisha said, you okay? Huh? Oh, yeah. That was just a lot of info, he said. Yeah, it was, she agreed. Guess next time I get mad at you, I'll just remember it's my heart messing with me. So if you hear me yelling, shut up, it's just me telling my head to tell my heart to shut up, okay? <laughs> Sound good to me, he snickered. In his pocket, his phone buzzed. Fishing it out, 
he saw Holloman's name on the screen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Speaks. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I'll be back next week with another chapter. Until then, God bless and thank you. This is a work of fiction. Names, characters, businesses, places, events, and incidents are either the products of the author's imagination or used in a fictitious manner. Any resemblance to actual persons, living or dead, or actual events is purely coincidental.